Hello and welcome back to the Inner Call Podcast. This is Fleur. Thank you for listening in. How are you today? I'm doing good, which is perhaps surprising to me, to be quite honest. It's a bit surprising to me. My life in the last two months has felt like a year. I don't really know how to explain it other than my life became a little bit of like a pressurized situation and a lot of things that are fundamentally senses of safety were pulled out from under me. And in the initial part of that, it was like a roller coaster, you know, and we're talking things like family and housing and partnerships and things that are inherently safety giving. And then a lot of that changed very, very, very rapidly. And so in a two-month period of time, I feel like I leveled up is the best way that I can express this and have really moved through what I talk to people about all the time, which is in order for you to get to the next level of intuitive knowing of the self, of like inner truth, of knowing who you are and what you want to do in the world and how you put that forward how you find your inner stillness despite the hurricane perhaps going on outside your door, you have to do the work. So I have been showing up in all ways in working around limiting beliefs, in breath work, in releasing old stories, in moving through old pain points, in releasing trauma from the body. In effect, I've been doing my own retreat for myself. And it works, guys. So <laughs> just here to tell you. <laughs> but that's what's been going on in my life. It's been this hurricane and finding stillness within the eye of the hurricane. Because, yeah, you know, the further you get into any kind of journey, spiritual or otherwise, you realize the journey is never complete. There is always another layer to uncover. And there are plateaus. So there are times in your life where you're given the opportunity to just ride it out with the current level of understanding that you have, the current level of belief systems that you have. Like I don't believe in constant self-improvement. I think that's a rabbit hole that we can also go down. But then when life calls upon you to level up and you don't, that's when we get into a place of feeling very stuck, very isolated, very disconnected from self, very depressed. I feel those are calling cards for action, internal action or external action, depending on what needs to be done. And the only way to know is to access the intuition, which the only way to access the intuition then is to move through some of the stuff that feels gross to move through, right? It's the stuff that you'd rather not look at It's the stuff you'd rather not feel. It's the stuff that may have been stored in your body from the time that you were small, 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 any kind of trauma, any kind of gunk that's in there. So again, if you are interested in this kind of thing, I would really recommend you come check out one of our retreats. And just to tell you, like, you got to do the work because this is a human life and Sure, I've done quite a bit of spiritual work on myself, but the work is never over. So we would just need to identify that. And at the same time, you do not need to be stuck. You do not need to be suffering. You can move through anything at any point. 
as long as you show up for yourself. So that is the work that I've been doing personally is showing up for myself, moving through the stuff because the world has asked me to do it. And I said yes, because I am also inspired by you guys, right? I'm inspired by my students. I see people work through stuff that they could have chosen to stay stuck in forever. And so it's it's my greatest joy in life to be transformed by the transformation of others, to see people move through some sticky, sticky shit and go, wow, that's inspiring. There is growth at every edge. There is growth behind every obstacle. The choice to stay stuck is your own, truly. And when we're in that stuck space, we don't often see that, but but it is a choice. And there is always a way through. And generally, there is no way out. You have to go through. That's, that's the capital T truth. So today, we are continuing our conversation with Trevor. And Trevor Kaminsky is an American poet. I find him, I talk about this in part one, but I really just want to emphasize how much I enjoyed the way that Trevor moves through the world because it's not like others. And today we really talk about flow state, which is required for the intuition to to thrive, to be, to be heard, to be accessed. It's really, we can think about that as like the receiving state. You can understand intuition, you can do all the work to set it up, the structuring, but if you are not in flow, you will not receive. And we talk about some of the choices that Trevor has actively made in his life, active choices to say, I am going to set my life up for a state of flow. I'm going to set the parameters. I'm going to minimize distraction. And so that I think is a fantastic topic today. And again, I was really inspired by it. Definitely have made some changes in my own life in and around that. How am I setting myself up for flow? How am I creating a container for myself where intuition is available for me and I'm not making it harder to access? So enjoy today's episode. Let me know in the reviews what you think how you are enjoying this podcast. I love hearing your voice. Thanks for being here. Curious, because I've spent a lot of time on this idea of the flow state. I believe it's where intuition lives. No intuition can exist within the rational mind. You can't think your way to intuition. You can't think your way into a flow Mm -hmm. state. It's impossible. You have to get out of the way. And what you just said was so fascinating to me because... When I talk about flow state, I talk about brain waves and I talk about theta state. The theta state being the brain wave that allows for intuition, for flow. And yes, we can find it when it happens, but we can also stimulate it by things such as taking mm-hmm. a shower, walking, anything that's repetitive will get you into that theta state. So I've always find it so interesting to talk to artists about this to see where they have naturally found that theta state in their life. And in your case, it sounds like you've started to identify it for yourself yeah, already. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like that because I've been hearing that a lot more too, that a lot of people talk about, oh, it's not necessarily somebody being a good artist, but just like being kind of really good at being in tune with that or kind of, and I really like that concept. Yeah. It's just all, it's all external. And I was like, it kind of takes the weight off a little bit, but yeah, it's, 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 it's luck at times, but just waiting patiently it's like yeah if you know if i know more where that's going to be then i'll be more likely i'm going to find it more often but yeah definitely like 
there's times when I solitude, if I can be alone for three days, I'm going to write something decent, um, most likely. And it takes, you know, the full three days to do it. And I'm not writing that whole three days. The first day, I'm probably just talking to myself. And then I want to listen to music and dance around or something, whatever I'm kind of in the mood for. And then it really, yeah, mm. it's really kind of, it's, it's always unpredictable, but yeah, you can kind of get, be a good judge at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps it's unpredictable now. And then as you go through life, it becomes more and more predictable in terms of, you know, how to turn it on and you know how to. It's kind of fun when that's unpredictable too, as well. Cause like I, cause it's really exciting whether it's in the shower or if I'm, you know, sometimes I'm listening to the right song and, or it's, yeah, something somebody says, or if I'm like swimming in a pool, water's a big, water's a big part of it always, but it's always kind of exciting when that, when uh, you kind of just get an idea or you just, cause it's, cause it's more than an idea. It's just, yeah, this weird flow. Oh, and then uh, you just see it all clear. It's like, that makes sense. It does to me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you experience writer's block then? Like, do you get in your own way? Or are you pretty good at going like, it's um, not flowing right now. I'm just going to do this sometime else. It depends when you ask me. If you think if you, I feel like I don't have writer's block when I'm writing really well. I feel like it's never been a thing. And then the second that stops, I'm like, oh, wait. Um, but with what I do right now, I've really kind of taken the pressure off. So I especially these last actually just handful of weeks I've just been like I'm going to write when I really feel I have something to say and I'm glad that I have a position where I can do that which ma- that makes me feel really nice uh, because a lot of people you know have either larger projects or deadlines and you know things like that and that's probably honestly why I do write poetry is because I used to write different things and I was like oh maybe I can turn this into a narrative or maybe I can, you know, I was always trying to turn it, into, turn it into something more. And a lot of that stuff just ended up being little poems and I could say it all within, you know, whether it's short or a page or two. And so maybe that was me just like taking the easy way out, but I just feel a lot more, all of a sudden I just felt much more comfortable in short bursts. Oh, that's incredible. And I think that's your way. You got to honor that. Yeah. Cause nobody's gonna, gonna work exactly like you. And you obviously have, an inner call to express yourself and to be artistic and to allow that to flow through you in the way that it needs to. And I think it's really beautiful how you are creating that for yourself and how you're opening up that space for yourself and really honoring it. Like a couple of things that you said that really stuck out to me is, listen, if I'm going to write something, it'll probably take me three days of solitude. And in that first day, I might not write anything at all. Like I might just listen to some music and dance around and that's a real holding space for yourself because I feel a society at large would probably be like, well, that seems like an unproductive period of time, but you know that you need that to be the most productive. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too, is like, it's, it gives me one, it, it's just fun, but also it gives me uh, something to write about. Um, you know, that's why I, I love, you know, I go to the grocery store and it's just like, there's always something to write about the grocery store. There's always, you know, either person or, you know, and I try my best to usually leave my phone at home. Well, actually, I don't have, so I don't have a, a phone plan. So when I don't have Wi-Fi, I you cannot reach me. So a lot of the time I'm kind of in a dead zone because it's not very, yeah, I don't really get, I don't think I get too many ideas from my phone. I mean, now I've never really thought about that, but that's the least inspiring thing in my life. Was that a very conscious choice that you made to not have a phone plan? 
it kind of sounds like it, but it's probably just, I've always been very cheap. So I haven't had a phone plan in, in years. <laughs> I kind of use it as an excuse for both. I didn't like paying my phone bill because I was like, I wasn't texting anyone. The only time I would text people was if it was for work, you know, and it was like, hey, can you come in early type texts? And I don't want to get those texts anyways. So I was, I was paying like a temporary phone plan. And then I was just like, I don't need this. I can just use Wi-Fi. And so it's been like that for most of my, yeah, most of the time, yeah, probably four or five years. And like people are surprised because you don't, you don't even notice it. Like, um, it just seems like one of those things you feel like you have to have. Mm, I'm loving all of this. I mean, and some people, they do, but like I use email for, you know, business things. Nobody's even asked for my phone number except for my bank in years. The banking's a little trickier, but I think I just actually found a way around that. So I love that. You're really committed to living a life in which you're spending a lot of time by yourself without the distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably because I, I feel that's when I feel the best, too, is when I it's just noticing things. It's just being observant. And I really feel good when I see that, when I I, I love eavesdropping and I love you know going to places and people watching because you just see really beautiful things and really simple things and everyday things. And they don't always like knock you on your feet, but it's just like, I don't know, something to smile at, I guess. That's why it's always kind of, especially in the grocery store, it always kind of bumps me out, you know, seeing everybody on their phone, like waiting at Aldi for five minutes. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. To be super honest, it sounds like you just live in the flow state. Well, I maybe live in the, in the, in the search for it. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. It's so unusual these days. Yeah, it's well, it's tricky too because I, I mean, I spend time on my phone. That's the thing too is I, especially with social media, I really dive into it, and it's so easy to just scroll, you know. And I'm as well as since it's my occupation, I'm also always I'm very fidgety. It's just something to do with my hands as well as just my eyes, and so I hate. I also I despise when I get like that. Yeah, um, which is nice that I can if I leave it, I can just force myself. It's also yeah, it's forcing myself to to not have it. Yeah, you created some very definitive boundaries and limitations for that in your life by the sound of it. Yeah, I think I've always kind of believed in that. And like, if I want to get something or if I want to do something, I have to take the option away. I'm not going to leave it up mm. to chance and up to my strong will. I just take I just take it out of the equation. Yeah, you're, you're creating a routine for yourself and a way of life where there's less option to do the thing you don't want to do Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is get lost in social media or texting or whatever it is i'm curious then if you're really in search of that slow flow state within the arts within artistic expression within your writing do you find that your own choices in life are also very internally driven in this way we call it intuition or just the ability to make your own choices as to where and where you want to go so my relationship with like intuition and decisions yeah, like that that real feeling of I'm going to take this path because I know that's the right path for me. Mm. It's uh it's definitely tricky. I've never been very good at making decisions. Sometimes it's nice to try and opt out and be like, "Oh, life will choose." And sometimes it does. And I have been lucky where it does in a really nice way. I think a big part of me opting out, I guess, is a lot of the jobs I've had were always uh seasonal. And always, you know, kind of here and there. And so my whole schedule has always just been, instead of me committing to this one thing, I just kind of leave it incredibly open. And so if something pops up, I can, 
choose then and there. That's always made me feel very comfortable is just leaving kind of the door open. And so there's definitely times where intuition's tricky. Intuition's tough. Cause I I try and trust myself on that stuff and be like, is this right? And everything apart everything in me is saying it is, but it's also a part of me like, well, what if I'm doing this just because it sounds fancy or I like the way, you know I do think that a lot that maybe I sometimes make decisions because I like the way it makes me feel externally, I guess. You know, I like the idea of like, oh, maybe I'd like to live in a van. It's like, would I like to live in a van or would I like to just be somebody who lives in a van? You know what I mean? And people be like, hey, that guy lives in a van. And so that's something I try to, I never know though. I never know until I'm, until I'm there, unfortunately. And I, but I think that might be the case for, I don't know, do you think that's the case for a lot of people where it's just, you don't know until you know? I feel that there is a deep inner knowing as to what is the right next step for you mm-hmm. and what is the right decision for you. The way that intuition will arise for you will look, feel, sense incredibly different from how it would arise for you if it was external pressure, from how it would arise for you if it was anxiety, for if it was wishful thinking. Like All these things have very telltale signs. And in your case... I feel it's going to be a, if you're okay with yeah. me, with me giving you. No, yeah, please, yeah. <laughs> but I think no, in I, your I, case, I, I'd appreciate it. it's a bit of a tug of war of how do I stay in the flow state, but also how do I get really grounded at the same time? Yeah. It's going to be the grounding that really allows that flow state to have the power that it, that it can have. You also won't know what you want, what you need, what you believe, where you stand, it'll get really hard to differentiate that from what somebody else believes and what somebody else wants and what somebody else needs. So you're in the flow state, meaning you're in energetic communication with self, with others, but because there's not enough grounding, it's going to be very hard to differentiate what's theirs, what's yours. How how, how would you describe being grounded? Yeah. So grounding from a definition perspective we look at it like electricity, you know, when a metal object has an excess amount of electrons and it's in a bit of a chaotic state, we put it in the ground and we disperse the electrons. So when you apply that to you and grounding you, we're looking at, you've got excess energy and we're just sticking it in the ground and we're allowing it to recalibrate. That recalibration can look like getting in your body in a very physical way. So it is like the sense of going for a walk more, exercising more, being in routine, knowing how your body reacts to different things in your life, like getting really comfortable with being in the physical body. When we disassociate, when we kind of daydream, we're not in the body. So it's starting to become and create a balance for you where you spend equal amount of time kind of outside in that floaty space as you do mm. within. I do I do think, yeah, the the most I am like that is when when I'm like I know next month I plan on, I have a, a job that I'm going to do where I just work at like a, uh, it's working with people, it's working at like a language camp. But I do know like when I do jobs like that, just doing odd jobs like that for, or like heavy lifting jobs. Yeah, that that is grounding. Physical labor is like inherently grounding. But it's funny because I always, I never yeah. use that term with the grounding that I, I always kind of described it as distracting myself. And I don't know why, that's just what I always said, like, like distracting myself from writing or from looking for something to write about but also i would also secret not secretly do it but i know that i get when i'm distracted like that that's when i kind of get inspired i suppose or or, or see 
just things. But yeah, I really, I really enjoy that, that bit. I just never considered it grounding. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just a word, right? Like, what does a word really mean? It's just, but the idea that I'm trying to express is how can you both be here and now and in your physical body at the same time that you can like toggle in and out of that energetic, creative, artistic space. I feel that the more that you create that blend, the more your own intuition will really rise up to the forefront. Yeah, I, I, I would believe that. And it's not inaccurate. But like, I definitely have a thing where I've realized this year, I'm a horrible listener. I thought I was a really good listener, but I'll be having conversations with people and I'll just be totally blank face. Um, I mean, unless it's someone I'm meeting for the first time, but often um, my mind is somewhere else. And that's been a big thing the last couple of years is that half of my brain or, you know, it's just somewhere else. I hear this all the time. And, and the reason I'm, I'm passionate about this is because, <laughs> like me too, years ago, and I started realizing it's not because I'm a bad listener. In that moment, mm. I'm just overwhelmed. My nervous system is overwhelmed. And I would say the same for you. You're a sensitive person. You've got a sensitive nervous system. If you're in a crowded place and somebody's talking to you and it's been a period of time and you've had other people talking to you, you're checking out. You're going out of your body. You're now completely ungrounded. You're like, oof, I'm out. This is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that you're a bad listener. Your nervous system just went into overload. <laughs> so when that happens, one of the things that can be the most returning to self is you doing the grounding things. Is you going for a walk yeah, or you yeah. taking a couple deep breaths or you being like, okay, like who am I, right? Like just coming back to the physical body, even like feeling your physical body, taking a moment to just like relax the body, shake it out, fluttering the lips relaxes the nervous system, shaking the body out releases the nervous system. But I would just um, consider that because does that does that kind of resonate for you? If I'm saying maybe it's not that you're a bad listener, maybe you just kind of reached the threshold of attention at that time. I think it's a, a nicer way of putting it. I guess when I say bad listener, I don't I don't rag on myself too much for that. I just feel like it's yeah, definitely something that could use more attention. I'm wearing shoes less. I've been well, going barefoot quite a bit. Yeah. I feel like that kind of yeah. I was like I feel like that kind of I'm barefoot right now. That's very grounding. Yeah, yeah. And so I've been kind of enjoying that. When like I can tell when the, if I can tell if the ground is uh, warm or cold, it's kind of a nice thing to be present. I think that is, and, and do you feel a difference with that? Because I would say that's very. I grounding. think so. I think so. But then um, maybe it's just me. But then I'll, but then I'll be focusing too much on my toes, where I'll just be like picking up a stick or something. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I can do a bit of both. I think I, I think I can pick up a stick with my toes while somebody tells me about their day. Because I do love, well, I do I love, <laughs> uh, I do love talking to people and <laughs> do love communication. So I do feel bad when I get like that sometimes. Nah, I think. From from speaking to you, I think you're deeply artistic and you are deeply sensitive and the world is just not set up for people like that. So you are having to create your own experience in this lifetime where all your artistic gifts can shine and a lot of them are shining already, but you're going to have to take care of yourself in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Because the world's not set up for the sensitive person. Uh, no, no, probably not. But it gets, it's getting there, I think. Yeah, because I think you're, you are, because you're already thriving in a huge way, right? Like, you're yeah, and I, I've, it, things have been interesting where it's like, but also now I'm left to my own devices quite a bit where I always kind of had an open schedule, but now I, because I'm not, I'm not much of a, 
a grinder when it comes to like the daily grind. And I probably need more schedule for sure or more routine, like you, like you said, because I know I, I'm happier when I do that and I'm more, yeah, present once I have that kind of familiarity. And I, and I do for a week, a week or two, but then it'll switch. You know, the first thing I do in the morning will constantly be changing. And that's kind of been my life since for a while where I, I've had a lot of here for a minute for a couple months and then there for a couple months and then, you know, and things like that. But I've also, I also kind of enjoy that a little bit because it's inspiring and not just like I'm doing it just so I can write about it, but it's just, I don't know, it makes me feel more alive, I mm. think, when I get to meet somebody new or like stay in somebody's house that I don't know. It's yeah. just like, oh, am I going to see the kind of toothbrush they use or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Is there a goal that you've got currently around your your art? Is there something that you're you're really wanting to express that you haven't expressed yet? I really do want to feel really good about. I don't know if it's something I've always been obsessed with because of like death and whatnot, but I want to feel like I leave behind something that I'm incredibly proud of. And I like the things that I've done, but I really love the idea of just a collection or just. You know what I mean? And so that's, I have like a, a grander goal like that, that I've always want to kind of strive for something that I just feel is not perfect, but like in my own way, perfect. So I hope to find that one day. I don't even, but I don't know what that looks like. And I won't be disappointed if I don't, I'm sure. But yeah, there's always ideas that I, I like, but I can never seem to, to pin down. But sometimes they take like, they take years, but not actual years of actual work, a poem, something, a short story that I wrote a couple of years ago, I wanted it to be like a little novella because I really liked the idea and I liked the concept. I just couldn't do it. I just kept boring myself or I kept, you know, adding in random monsters. I was like, yeah, this needs monsters. But then I just, it just sat there and nothing happened until a couple months ago. I just decided to make it into like a two page poem and I thought it was perfect. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what this should be. And I felt really good about it because it, it got it got what I wanted to be put down on on page in a way that I, I never could have done with, you know, 150 page book. Beautiful. Yeah. Letting it letting the art be what it what it's wanting to be. Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel that's kind of my last question there? Do you feel like when you have these ideas? That there's something about them that are not yours, that you're just birthing them because it sounds it like does that. feel like it honestly feels like like walking down the street and like finding finding something like finding a stone that i like i mean i got it because i was paying attention but uh so that's that is what it feels like to me because especially there are i do have a handful of examples now where it has been something that is just like lingered for either a couple months or a couple years and then one day it just like really really clicks and i get really happy and excited because yeah it doesn't feel like it's mine it feels like especially if i go back and look at some of the things i've written the more time between me and them i'm just like i don't remember why i can remember why a little bit but um, even if I go look back at like old songs that I've written, I just, I, I don't know. It makes me feel really happy. And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I found that. Yeah. It's a weird mix of like, I like to take the credit and be like, Oh yeah, I wrote that. But it, it does feel like it was just something that I found. It's beautiful. I hope you go and find a lot more because I think your work is brilliant and the world deserves to hear it and to read it and to experience it in whatever other art form you're going to be sharing it with us. So Maybe you go out and find a lot more and collect it all. Well, where can people find you? Let's see here. I have probably my Instagram is the big one, um, which I have a, whole, a ridiculous name on there. It's of, is it, what, what is it, is it, what's the dash, that underscore? 
of underscore uh, underscore mm-hmm. hound uh, would be my Instagram. Or you can just type in my name, Trev Siminski, and it'll pop up on there uh, or on TikTok, um, wherever. I'll be around. That's great. Thanks so much, Trevor. I hope this is a good first first podcast experience. Yeah, I hope I hope I hope I hope I did alright. You did great. You did great. I'm happy to have you on here. Now it's wonderful, and I'm I'm really grateful. I think it's such an interesting conversation to have with artists to see what their process is and how they how they find themselves. Because I'm I know there's so many people who are still trying to find their own little groove. That is the thing. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot. Of, I get a lot of questions from people of like process and. I think, yeah, a lot of people are trying very hard, but yeah, I think they're almost searching too much internally and I have to kind of take a step back and let it flow and it'll come. Been in that flow state. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you. And if, um, if you're ever in Lisbon, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I'm going to be in Europe actually, uh, the next couple of months and not all my plans are in stone yet. So. Well, yeah, let me know. I'm going to be in and out, but if we're here at the same time, that'd be great. Awesome, sweet. All right, well, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for being here. Bye. Hello. Thanks, guys, for listening in. That was a good conversation, wasn't it? How many of you are thinking about minimizing your phone usage now? I mean, I can't get rid of a plan. I wish I could. Did think about it after this. But it's always good to just take whatever amount of usage that you've got and tone it down a little bit. Like, where is there some wiggle room in your life to make some changes? Maybe send this to a person who struggles with their phone usage just for inspiration to be like, hey, it's possible, right? Like one could, in theory, exist without it. But I will say, you know, just on a super human level, obviously, Some of our lives are not set up for that. But again, there's also the reckoning of that's a choice. And I would say where my life doesn't allow for no phone plan is I realized, because as a a, a thought here, I have a good friend who, when I first met him, was operating through life with a flip phone. He couldn't Uber anywhere. He couldn't get Uber Eats. And personally, I felt like he was making his life a little bit more difficult than it needed to be. But also, he was in the flow state all the time, right? So there was a a bit of a reckoning with that for me where I'm like, ooh, is the ease that I'm creating in life actually taking away from the ease of self-connection? And finding the balance between those two is a very personal choice. I think it's probably different for every single one of us. And for me, what I have come to is I often will turn my phone on airplane mode during times where I don't need my phone. Dinners, for example, if I'm with anyone, I'll just go ahead right at the very start, just turn it off. Or if I'm taking myself out on a date, writing in a journal, reading a book, like I'm going to actively put this on airplane mode, do not disturb and put it away. So that's been my in-between space so that I still have access to Uber Eats because, you know, can't quite give that up. Not quite there on my level of monkness, but maybe you are, and that would be inspiring. So let me know, how is your cell phone usage? How are you finding yourself in the flow state? What are you, like what active choices? It doesn't really matter what it is, right? Or how extreme or how big, but like what active choices, just having a conversation with yourself right now, are you making to allow a flow state to exist in your life? 
Let me know in the reviews. Thank you for listening. I will see you here again next week.